Yo, 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 welcome back to my fifth episode of Stick and Move. It's your boy Eric Kelly, and today my special guest is none other than middleweight champion of the world, former middleweight champ, middleweight champ, same thing. He had the belt. The belt's still in the house, right? Got it right over there. All right, bring it over. I need to see it. Everybody say hello to Kid Chocolate, Peter Quillen. What's good? How y'all doing, man? Thank y'all for having me on. So, Petey, what up? I appreciate you coming through Stick and Move, the podcast. It's my fifth episode, and I'm new at it, but I'm true at it. You know what I'm saying? So, tell me, what's been going on with um, Kid Chocolate, Peter Quillen? And I've just been chilling. I've been working out. I've been on the low-key end, and I'm very excited to be with you right now on your fifth episode. And, you know, what can I say with somebody with personality like yours? I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I say, I say, with your personality and my personality, we are gonna put it together and, and 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 make a great show out of this one. Or make cornbread, either way. That's right. So, chocolate. Where's your record stand now? Where's your record stand now? Thirty-two, one and one with twenty-three knockouts. Thirty-two wins, one loss, one draw, and twenty-two knockouts. Twenty-three. Twenty-three knockouts. Wow. So, um, the middleweight, the middleweight, the middleweight. The middleweight is done for you. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm considering maybe moving up, but I'm working with Virgil Hunter, and we're just trying to see where, where my where my body's going to lie at. Have you and Virgil been doing, like, how long have you all been working? I've been working with um, Virgil about four months now. About four months now. Wow, that's good. Um, a lot of learning going on down yeah. in camp. Yeah, pretty much. I've been knowing Virgil for a while. But, yeah. you know, it's just actually now um, I learned a lot from him before I got in this situation. Yes, him. sir. But now, yeah, I can say I've definitely been learning a lot with him. The spawn and the atmosphere down at his gym. What's his gym name down in um in Oakland? What's his gym name? Um, I don't really think he got a name. It's just like a it's private just a gym. gym. That's where we gym. just go work out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got the bag. They got the the ring and everything. Yeah. So y'all got good work down there? Have you been sparring down I there? I have been sparring. You know, Virgil got a different approach to sparring. He don't have you sparring until you just basically, you know, ready to begin with ready for a fight, basically. Yeah, so like that. That's smart, though, because a lot of fighters, this is my philosophy, a lot of fighters get punchy in the gym. I think they also can get burnt out. Yeah, in the gym. By right. sparring all the time, get burnt out, and got nothing coming up. Nothing coming up in the foreseeable future, but I guess it's just the ego of the boxer that says, you know what, I want to get in there. Because a lot of times, me being a former boxer myself, I felt home when I was in the ring. Like, if I was in the gym and not in the ring, I didn't feel at home. <laughs> I can definitely feel what that feel feeling feel like because, you know, I'm, even with Virgil, I'm like, man, when I'm going to get in there to spar. But then, <laughs> you know, it's, it's always working on your patience and what you're able to do. So I'm sitting here right now and I'm holding your um your 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 WBO middleweight title and then this thing is heavy. Yeah, this thing is I don't I don't understand how fighters used to walk around with three, four of these things on their body, walk into the ring. That's the workout right there. Well I think all around, you know, it's not as heavy as all the stuff I had to go through to get that belt. Yeah, but all around I can just say, you know, it's a it's a enduring thing to be able to get that strap and you know what I'm saying and you know, look at yourself with where I come from and yeah. where I'm at now, and uh, I appreciate every moment that I had. Yeah, that's deep right there. I like how you said that. It's not as heavy as all the things I had to go through to get that belt. Now, a lot of people um don't really know the the Kid Chocolate past. Tell me about Kid Chocolate, the kid, before he became a boxer back in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Man, I was a street dude in the street doing everything, 
it took to to you know earn a living, earn my keep, you know, earn my respect, all of that. You know, I say I think if you heard a lot of stories from every boxer, they always have kind of similar stories. I think you know boxing the only kind of sport where I could say you know the athlete is like damn near borderline insane a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Because it takes a little bit of insanity to do it because you got to step in there and you got to fight against a personality. And, you know, coming from where I come from and to be able to have that discipline, you know, was probably one of the hardest things I had to sit down with myself to do. A lot of, um, I, I, I often say a lot that most people ain't even been in a fight. So to make that your your life, your career, you want to get punched in the face and break people's jaws for a living, then there has to be some level of insanity in there. Well, I feel that way too, but on top of that, it's like if you, like a dude like me who was like fighting for respect or fighting for good causes in the street and doing it for free, <laughs> it's always better to get paid for it. <laughs> now you get getting a million plus to do it. <laughs> my man, my man. So, well, well, it seems like, well, I know that for me personally and, and and yourself, a fight is all that you know. Or you like you don't know life without a fight. And I don't know life without a fight. I feel like, you know, every part of your life is a fight. Whether if you got kids or you got a wife or you got friends, you got bad company or you you know, being a slave at your job or whatever it is, it's all it's all a all a mental fight, just like the boxing game. Yeah, okay, that's true. So now we got um you got you got Joaquin you got your, you got your little boy he's two years old now he's two years old Joaquin two years old and I hear you got another yeah I got another one on the way yeah is it boy girl um I know you know well my first kid I didn't even you know my wife kind of idea was not to even like find out what the sex was and you know once I got to see the sex and and it was like a surprise to me I kind of wanted to do this one the same way so I don't know if it's gonna be a boy or a girl. Now, if it's a girl, what's her name going to be? Man, I'm going to have to keep it a secret right now. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, so tell me, how's the, how, how, how's the, how's Kid Chocolate the husband, the father? How is that Kid Chocolate? Man, you know, I'm telling you, being a husband is hard, especially in, this, in Islam. Like, you know what I'm saying? I got a kind of like a wife that's reserved. She actually worked for the Today Show on NBC. So, and she worked behind the scenes. And, you know, she kind of more reserved and she kind of more like a private kind of person. I'm more like a sharing type and want people to know my story. And I'm getting out there like that. But, you know, for, for me to try to find that balance, I just now just like look at it like I got to give her what makes her happy. And that's, that actually makes me a little happy that I'm able to, you know, make somebody else happy and keep the, you know, the stress down, you know what I'm saying, for myself. So it's like one of those opposites attracts kind of story. Yeah. Now, now, do you think by you being with her and being a family man, obviously that slows you down. Yes, it has. Obviously that slows you down and it slows you down for the better. Yeah. It, well, it slowed me down <clears throat> for the better of my mental state, but also slowed me at my boxing now. So I have to like get that niche back and I have to like dedicate myself and put boxing number one because without boxing, I'm not able to provide for my family. So I, um, I know Kid Chocolate. I know Kid Chocolate. Um, I know where Kid Chocolate comes from, where Kid Chocolate is, is at today. How do you keep that with, right now we got the Kid Chocolate with the mink coats, the Kid Chocolate with the diamond rings, diamond necklaces, you know, G-Wagons. How does that Kid Chocolate stay hungry? 
Well, you know, I, I'm at the point right now where I just like I'm gonna keep the rings, but I'm like maybe I get a ring, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe. I'm saying I'm gonna keep the I'm gonna keep the rings, but maybe we could talk about the change. I'm just saying I'm kind of at you know I'm always at this point in my life where I like to switch up and change, yeah. and always change because you can't ever get too comfortable with life, and you know what I mean, like so. I'm just like, you know, do I need a G-Wagon? Do I need this, these chains? Do I need that? Do I want this kind of perception that, you know, I got this money and then people always calling me, asking me for stuff. So yeah. I'm always changing, man. I mean, this is my philosophy. I feel that just because a person who is successful and he might have those nice things, to me, I don't think that means that he's gaudy or that means that he's lost touch with reality or anything. People just, I mean... Some people just like that. When you when you was a kid and before you even knew what boxing was, you knew that you liked nice things. Right. You and know then, what I mean? And you and when you can afford it, you got it, you get it. Well, I feel like, you know, when you you start getting that stuff and then you see that, man, I was doing it just for this, you know what I'm saying? And you find out maybe this ain't it as important as other things that's really important, like, you know, like retiring with money in the bank and, you know, all those type of things. You know, I think people kind of get that perception wrong. And, you know, now I got guys and friends that glorify this stuff. And I just yes, did sir. it not to glorify it, but just to say I wanted that and use that as a goal and as a motivation to get to. And once I got it, now I see guys get lost into that, thinking that's what it's all about, how it's, it, it go from here to there. They don't get it. You got to go through a lot of stuff before you get to that point and all these things get to come true. And for me, it's just like, you know, when I tell somebody I'm living out my childhood dream, that's all I'm doing. You know what I'm saying? So I try to never lose you know, track of that. So, um, Middleweight champion of the world. Former. Former middleweight champion of the world. So good. The belt is in my hand. <laughs> Former middleweight champion of the world. Under um thirty only one defeat. One defeat. Only one defeat. Only one defeat. And you know, made a good amount of money in the boxing ring. Yes. What's next? Just make some more money and then call <laughs> it quits. At, so six, at, at, at sixty-eight. Yeah, man. You know, like I'm I'm coming either way, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, I'm Got a sense of motivation that um I got somebody new in the corner that's inspiring me differently, giving me a different type of motivation that you know, it's like you know that you know I'm a kind of fighter that always had different trainers, bro. You know what I'm saying? So yes, sir. I always stayed in situation or I got into these situation and being a, like a nice person or whatever the case may be, listening to people and you know I find out that you know um this moment. This this time with this guy, I think it's gonna be a good ride, and I think this is gonna be my last person I'm gonna be with in my career. Um, Virgil Hunter, great guy. If you guys out there don't know Virgil Hunter, trainer of Andre Ward, Andre Berto, um, Amir Khan, and me myself, I've known Virgil for like 15 years, and Virgil Hunter, Virgil Hunter is a very smart guy, very great trainer. Um, my um, so super middleweight division, who we got out there? We got we got James DeGale, we got. We got we got the what's the WBC's champ name? I forget his name. The Jack, Badu, yeah, Badu Jack, you know, with Mayweather promotions. And who's the IBF champ out there? I'm not even sure, but you know, I'm I'm never been a guy that just been like <clears throat> calling these guys out. You know, I have been in my early parts of my career, and I learned that don't really get you the fights. So I, I really look at it like it's all a business. When they all the business come together, then the fights that happen. So my so. Why you've never been the guy to really call people out and you understand the business of boxing? What Man. fight? 
What, it, what were you about to say? I was just about to say because it's just like, you know, for me, you 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 show up a sign of ignorance. You know, I'm a, I'm a real businessman. I sit down at the table and we get the we get the job done in a, in a correct manner. And, you know what I'm saying, I learned a lot of guys go to the point where they disrespecting a the guy. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And I don't let guys get in my head like that easily. And then sometimes, you know, doing it that way is not the way that I want to conduct myself. Has there ever been a fighter you sat back on TV and watched and said, I want to fight that guy? Kelly Pavitt. Kelly Pavlin. Yeah. That, that, that would have been a yeah. great fight. I was calling them out early. I called Sergio Martinez out. I called Jermaine Taylor out. I called Arthur Abraham at the at the prime of their career. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, I was I never heard. You know, Sergio Martinez kind of like, who the, is this dude? You know what I mean? And, you know, it is what it is. Now you, but 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 now you, you know, you you've you've had a title. You only got one loss in your, in, in your career, and Sergio Martinez, great fighter during this time, but his time is up, and now it, it's still chocolate time. Yes, sir. It's still chocolate time. Timing is everything. Timing is everything. Me personally, I would like to see Chocolate Badu Jack for that WBC <laughs> A lot of people That's always personal. mention that. I would that. love that fight. Man, I, you know, I'm a big fan of um, Badu. You know what I'm saying, but. You know, I learned in this game that you may have to set personal, um, you know, personal relationships to the side to to get to the business and get to the money. You from Grand Rapids. You got the yeah. famous Mayweathers from Grand Rapids. Yep. Did you all ever, like, train together, know each other in Grand Rapids coming up and know his family? Because I know you just played yeah, Roger lived, Mayweather in the movie. Yeah, I, um, <clears throat> coming out November 4th, watch for his bleed for this. But, um their family lived like two houses down from my family in Grand Rapids. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So um, we grew up with the Mayweathers. You know, my dad did federal penitentiary time with his father, Big Floyd Sr. They knew each other on the on the streets. A lot of the things that they got to do in the street, I can't talk about on this podcast. <laughs> but, um, you know, Big Floyd was going to actually train me in the beginning of my career. And then I actually made a choice to stay here in New York. But, um, you know, Floyd came to my school one day and was like, yo, you know, don't ever give up on your dreams. And, you know, if you, you can do this, too. And I took it really literally, and I went to the boxing gym. And, shit, I became the, the boxing champ one day. What what year was that? You and remember? that was so long ago. And then all the punches to the head, I probably forgot. <laughs> you definitely forgot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So um, so right now we got um Peter Quillen. And you you in New York City? Are you still out in Are you still out in Vegas? I know you was in, no, not I, Vegas, but L.A. Yeah, I'm, I'm no, I'm actually in, in the Bay Area. So I got a place there in the Bay Area. I got a place here, so I can stay close to the gym right here by Gleason's and Eastern Athletic Club, and um, you know my New York kind of lifestyle. And then my wife and my family, we got a place in New Jersey. Okay, that's cool. So so three different spots. Um, do you got anybody out here that you're working with, training with? No, I was working with my man, little Rafi, like my little brother. But you know, a lot of things come confusion. So I kind of work with Rafi. You know, Rafi just like you know everybody going through like struggles. You know what I'm saying? Personal problems, family issues, and you know, and I, I go through these same things too. And I just you handle them different. I handle them different. But I just like learned that you know sometimes when it's time to depend on somebody, you should depend on yourself. So right now I'm just working with myself. I kind of take what Virgil to you know show me. You know, and, and um in the Bay Area when I'm there and you know I just work on that when I'm here and then when I get back to them you know we work on something new but it's always like I'm not um, forgetting none of the things he's teaching me you know what I'm saying I, I, I became a new student of his and I, I'm a new student so I, I came in with a, a different mentality like I don't know nothing so I'm, everything I'm learning is on the beginning level 
Specifically, what in your game is Virgil Hunter helping to improve? Distance and, um, you know, reaction and, you know, defense and, um, you know, um, the boxing IQ that I think I straight away thinking like a puncher. For knocking motherfuckers out. <laughs> exactly. Good thing we never sparred. <laughs> my chin wasn't all that. <laughs> but I heard you was a, um, a decent, fighter. Yeah. Decent, decent, decent. So, Chocolate, um, <clears throat> my when, when, when I was fighting, I thought that for me personally that too many trainers would would – confuse the fighter because one trainer teach this one trainer teach that and i had a few of them do you ever feel that do you ever feel no, like I, any one trainer contradicting what another trainer said in your past or something no i think you should take whatever is, is useful to you you know i think if you stop learning in boxing then you're no longer good enough you know that's what roberto duran said i really took that words to wisdom you know sometimes say you want to give up your trainer and you just don't feel motivated there is it wrong for you to like step away yeah but a lot of people tell you ain't being loyal but i think being loyal is being loyal to yourself so if you feel like you need a change in a new sense of motivation but since boxing is based on ego you know the trainer gonna make you feel like you should be loyal to him and he can teach you everything but i think it's so much to be learned out there in the world that i think you can't just limit yourself just by working with one person if the one person is not working for you no longer yeah. so you know i think going out there and learning and, and getting different 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 looks and doing whatever's comfortable to you i think that's the best way to go so 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 right now you think you've got the most out of every training you've had you've gotten the most out of them yeah yeah personally i did and how's your relationship with um pbc Oh, man, I love PBC. It actually gave me some grand opportunities and some big paychecks. And, you know, I really actually felt like my uh, my career started to pay off being with the being with PBC. You know what I'm saying? It's a whole different look, something new. And, you know, um, you know, Al is a black man in America, man. Do you know how hard it is to be where he's at in America? You know what I'm saying? Especially what you see what's going on on, on a level where you can see it. You know what I'm saying? Eric Kelly saying this Black Lives Matter. Uh, definitely. Tell me about the about the movie now. Tell me about the 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 the, the entertainer chocolate, the actor. Tell me about the has. Is it something you always wanted to do? I mean, I wanted to do a movie. I don't think I'm I'm, I'm sure and set on being a movie star though. I think all around I got some experience, gotten to do something new, and I think I proved to um, a lot of people that boxers can't just be limited. You've seen like um, Andre Ward in, in a movie. You've seen uh, Gabriel Rosado in a movie. I think, you know, these are the looks that fighters definitely need to be able to, you know, expand the sport, you know, especially, you know, the movies and, you know, being around the people that we should be around. You know, we don't, I don't think we get the respect that we're supposed to get. I guess, you know, when you're dealing with a boxer, you're dealing with somebody straight out the street with no high school, <laughs> sometimes dropped out of high school, sometimes no college education. That yeah. is just like, hey, sometimes these people be having social problems. Yeah. I think it's, I think me personally, I think that this is my philosophy. Um, when, when your mom is making a meal, she has a pot on every burner. She got rice, she got a, a bread in the oven, she got meat, whatever she's cooking. You know what I mean? And... A boxer can't be a one-trick pony. Boxing can't be everything because when that's done, what's left? What's left? You know what I'm saying? So I like them. That, that, that's my analogy, having a pot Man, and a burner. To, I have to look at it like if you grew up poor and broke, you sometimes only had one plot. One pop on the stove, and that's all you was eating. And then that's that's when the hunger started to begin to want more food and going out there and are willing to work for it. 
<laughs> so 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 you're not really interested in doing much more acting stuff, but you will do it. I will do it. If they you call me. They it. got a check for me. I think all around, I'm probably gonna go back to school and go get some you no know, minor in business or something. You know what I'm saying? Doing something like that. I own a lot of property in Grand Rapids, Michigan. A lot of different things come at me. You know, to I want to learn the business, talking that language, so I can be able to, you know, improve and get better and and, and grow my grow my wealth. What kind of you 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 you're really in the fashion. You're really in the fashion. I see as a real fashionable guy. Would you ever want to? I know you got these. Is it two thousand dollar mink boxing gloves? Or? Oh yeah, I, I made. I joined it up with D and Ricky. Um, with some um, he he came and partnered up with me. And I, I collab with him on some ideas. He came up with some some stingray, and I said, let me do an ostrich and let me do a a mink fur. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And, Man, L Magazine picked them up. So it was like, uh-huh. pfft, man, that was a blessing to be able to, like I said, step out my my comfort zone it's of being a boxer and, and get to do something. You know, and people say I'm into fashion. I'm just into looking good. I just like to put things together. As a kid, I always told myself when I was able to have the money that I will be able to just go out there and just dress nice. And whatever that was, I'm going to make it look nice. And So I don't feel like I wear the clothes. I feel the clothes wear me. That's fashionable. Yeah, That's thank fashionable. You, so right now in the um in in, in the super middleweight division, you, you, I mean you haven't fought in the super middleweight division. So to me, you're still a middleweight until right. you. I fought early in my career. I fought above the the, the weight limit. I fought as high as one sixty five. The kid chocolate that we know that the world know is the middleweight. I think one sixty five. Yeah. One, you know, you can expect me to see me fighting above the one sixty limit. Just to see how I do there, and from there we we'll be able to know what we're gonna be doing. Do you think I'm saying? But do you think that you'll be stepping in the ring at like 168 awesome. or like 164, 66? Be stepping in there at 168 if it was if it was if that was the way. Who do you see as the best at super middleweight today? Who do you see as the man at super middleweight today? Man, there's so many fighters out there. It's hard to say who's the best. I think you can't just look at one person that's, you know, you got a James DeGale there. You got, you know, Badu Jack. You got some names there, you know what I'm saying, that, you know, is making a, a crack there and, and a name for themselves. But to be honest with you, man, I'm just like, I don't, I don't follow enough to be knowing like who's those guys because I, I kind of focus on my family. I like watching animals. I got stuff that I got to do. I like to be in the gym myself that I don't get to see nobody else. Where's your birds? I don't see no birds. I thought when I walked in here, I'd walk in the bush gardens. Where are your birds? You got at? an elephant behind you. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So James the Gal, you got James the Gal. Yeah. You got you got Balu Jack. You got Kit Chocolate, and you got. The Durrell brothers. My brothers, man. The Durrell brothers. I don't think brothers. I would ever want And they're from Michigan, too. They're my brothers, man. Like, I, I don't wow. even see myself even wanting to fight with them. To be honest with you. Yeah. You understand that. They're from Michigan, too. They're my Flint brothers. Right there, they, they, I they, donated yeah. to um, Andre Cause to help Flint um, the waters there and everything. You know what I'm saying? I really look up to them to them dudes. They, they like my brothers. Real good guys. Real good guys. It's hard to say that because people always want to expect you. Man, I'll do this. And I'll say, man, listen, you know. It is what it is. I still, I still a person at the end of the day, and I still do got a lot of morals I like to stand by. So back, so let's, so let's hop back down to sixty. We got, um, we got, we we got Triple G. We got, we 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 got Danny Jacobs, and we got who 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 else we got at sixty? Oh, is Danny Jacobs and Triple G? They're supposed to fight in December. That's what I was. I saying. think I heard you, it was a money issue or something. The money like issue, like it always is. 
It's always a money issue. All the time, man. Especially when you got two top fighters. You know what I'm saying? There's always going to be some type it's of issue. It's always a money issue. Meanwhile, my philosophy is that you can't have but so much money. Say you got Bloomberg money, all right? You got 30-something billion dollars. Like, what are you going to do with it? You can't spend it. Well, maybe Mayweather my was th- making a lot of money, bro. My thing is, my thing is, my thing is, um, people make a lot of money, and that's great. That's what they're supposed to do. For what you're risking in the ring, you better get that and some more out of it. Meanwhile, the money isn't everything to me. Maybe I'm just too pride stricken. Man, I think you got when you got kids, you got situations, you got people to pay. I think you got to ultimately think like a businessman. I think they want yeah. you to not think like when you did that as an amateur. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah. cool to do it that way, but when you you got people depending on you, I think you can't think like that. You know what I'm saying? That's not the way you should think. It's because when you don't got nothing, then you're gonna be like, man, maybe I should have had a different mindset. So I kind of came out the gate with my mindset made up, saying that this is for my family. You can come out there with not all your thoughts. You know what I'm saying? You can come out there in that ring, not even be living. So for me, it's like you got to make sure you get paid. See, I was boxing for free. Mm-hmm. You are actually a prize fighter. Yeah, I'm a fight for prizes. I was boxing for fucking free. Now the kids gotta eat. I gotta eat. I gotta live. I gotta breathe. And airs for free, but the rest of it is not. <laughs> so what's going on? Tell me something about Kid Chocolate. Tell me something that the world doesn't know about Kid Chocolate that you would want everybody to know. A really God fearing man that I really I do struggle with my spirituality every day because everything is a test. I can see why God said it's hard for a rich man to get in that. In, into heaven than a, than a camel than the eye of a needle. He said, what sense does it do for a man to gain the whole world before for his soul? So I really live by them words and I really try to like, you know, um, not push my agenda on nobody, but also just try to use myself as the example of, you know, what what does Pete got something different in him and I, and I kind of like, I got the Lord standing by me as my rock and my Lord and my Savior. It's true. Everybody, I'm here with former middleweight champion of the world, Kit Chocolate, Peter Quillen, Stick and move, signing out, PD. Thank you for joining me. I appreciate having you on my podcast. I'm new at it, but I'm true to it, and we're gonna we we we're gonna make it a great show. I appreciate you, Kid Thank Chocolate. You. God bless y'all. Stick and move out. <laughs>